Thaddeus Ellenberg presents Casual Friday Written and read by Thaddeus Ellenberg Turkey Derby Put the kids down for a nap and help yourself to another serving of Grandma's Mystery Ambrosia. It's about to get racy. Good afternoon, folks. I'm Mick Sully, and welcome to the 2017 Tumbleweed Scouts annual Thanksgiving Day Pine Car Derby. We're gathered here at a packed Culver Run Presbyterian Church in what appears to be the basement. The air is amiss and considerably musty. No natural light, and my head's resting against a styrofoam tomb. Yes, conditions couldn't be more perfect for what promises to be an exhilarating afternoon of racing. I'm usually joined by my colleague and your favorite five-time Tumbleweed Scout state champion, Bruce McNair. But sadly, Bruce is feeling a bit under the weather after covering Wednesday's Sagebrush Christian Girls Paperboat Regatta in Utah. Which, if you missed it, was a thrilling battle in the gutter. Truly sensational stuff. Kimberly Walsh winning her second consecutive district championship and a trip to regionals, barring her commitments to gymnastics. Congratulations to Kimberly and the whole scene out there in Provo. Bruce is getting caught up on some much-needed rest at his temporary apartment just off of the interstate, the light blue one with all the tree needles, as he's going through a pretty nasty and heavily publicized divorce, which I'm sure many of you have been following in the media. Bruce, we wish you a speedy recovery and the best of luck with all that other stuff. But today, there's only one word on the lips of everybody out there, and that's pine car. Make that two words, not one, as that would be a costly trademark infringement. All of the contending scouts are currently outside playing on the jungle gym, and their fathers are trackside chomping at the bit, which can only mean one thing. We are mere moments away from getting this thing underway. But before that happens, let's check out the grid and meet today's finalists. In lane one, we have Scout Asher Marie Brown and his dad, Tristan Marie Brown, the hippie father and son team. And I don't mean that in a derogatory sense, although as a pair, they do smell quite ripe. Like a 10-hour direct flight from Mumbai to London, there's just no escaping it. I'd also like to note that Ash's dad was adamant in he and his son sharing an equal workload, which I think we can all agree is an adorable aspect of the sport. And get this, makes Asha the scout to touch his car the most during construction. So hats off to you both. Victory is unlikely, but look at those smiles. What a scene. It would be inspirational if it wasn't so sad. Those two are having fun. Ash is stuck on his dad like a pro-choice sticker on a 92 Volvo station wagon. Now this is interesting. I spoke with Tristan earlier today before pre-race, and for those of you that haven't been following his campaign, if you will, in the Tumbleweed Scouts newsletter, which always offers fascinating insights into the scouts and their cars, trust me, if you haven't signed up for that newsletter, folks, you, you are missing out. Anyway, it appears 
Mr. Marie Brown has made quite the statement with this year's entry. In addition to what he calls protesting the competitive indoctrination of our youth as a means of dividing the country into winners and losers to support an already swelling capitalist society by signing up he and his son ironically, Tristan has placed a great deal of emphasis on the eco-friendly properties of Ash's racer. With their use of natural, non-toxic paints, free of harmful antimicrobials like triclosan and quaternary ammonium, which I'll admit is a bit over my head. Oh, but you, you should hear the way this guy goes on about it. The way he gets all riled up, it's quite the spectacle. Apparently these dangerous agents are pumped into the majority of so-called zero VOC paints, or volatile organic compounds, which the middle-aged vegan currently involved in a three-way marriage so passionately stated doesn't always apply to a paint's added colorants. Even though, and I'm being told via text from famed wood specialist Bastien Martin, who many of you know is a legend and a pioneer in the world of wood car racing, that the exclusion of these agents may in fact rapidly increase the production of mold and mildew spores on the car. I of course brought this up to Tristan, who added, get this folks, apparently mold contains a surprising host of health benefits that have been suppressed by major corporations. It's all here in this riveting homemade literature Tristan handed out to the other dads as they were getting out of their cars, along with a squirt of his famous home-style tahini dressing. Well, I didn't get any of the dressing, but I was flicking through the brochure, if you will, before the broadcast, while instead enjoying a complimentary shot of lukewarm apple juice and two off-brand vanilla cream cookies. Really thought-provoking stuff. I want to read you this says here, next to this crude illustration of smiling fungi with arms linked, Mold is the friend you never knew you had. Oh, I gotta say, it's a big sigh of relief on this end, because last week my wife and I were handed a $12,000 estimate to extract an apparent forest of black mold in our rec room. And the pamphlet goes on to present a compelling argument here where it says, I mean mushrooms, right? Everybody eats those. Which is true. I love mushrooms. And you want to add this next item to today's top five what the mick moments, Tris said he occasionally indulges in a maple birch smoothie with frozen beechwood shavings, which apparently is the most fattening of all the Fagizi family, and that the ingestion of mold helps to break down the oily bark while it's still in his body, turning his stool into a rich, ready-to-use compost, which he, you guessed it folks, bags and sells locally at the farmer's market every Sunday. That said, if you find yourself in the area, come on down and pick up your own bag as Tristan will be selling them from the back seat of his hatchback following the race. I've already purchased two myself, despite their noticeable differences in size and weight. And continuing down the grid in lane two, welcome back the hapless and keyed up duo of Darren McMitchell and his spazzy son, Michael who most of us remember all too well from last year when their car inexplicably burst into flames immediately after leaving the gate. And Darren's subsequent tantrum and emotional eruption that followed in the parking lot, which resulted in a number of uprooted shrubs and Michael being driven home by another family. And yes, folks, it appears misfortune has once again found this unlucky pair, as it appears their car has been stolen by a dog that has taken it under the chair stacks. And if things couldn't get any worse, that dog is really making a mess of that car's front end. 
This is one of those sites nobody wants to see. The work that goes into these things, the amount of patience these dads exhibit trying to instill interest in their children. This is a gut-wrenching scene. Now, we're not exactly sure who the dog belongs to, but we will certainly bring you that information as it's made available. Uh, I'd like to note that there are several houses located behind the church, so it is quite possible that the dog wandered down on its own, but that's just speculation. There is a chain-link fence, so of course there would have to be a point of entry of some kind. Again, I can't confirm that at the moment, but we will keep you apprised of those updates. On the upside, it looks as though Darren has managed to wrestle their car away from the dog, which I'm now receiving reports that the scouts are calling crotch liquor. And just as one might expect, in addition to stealing the McMitchell's car, it appears crotch liquor has stolen the hearts of these scouts here today, and they couldn't care less about anything else. And there they go, back outside. They are loving that dog. Ah, uh, but you... You hate to see this. Darren Darren McMitchell looks like a man on the verge of a breakdown as he frantically tries to reattach the wheels of that racer. Beads of sweat streaming down his face. The damage may be too severe. He's trembling so much. This is this is difficult to watch, folks. Where are those tiny little hands when you need them? Even if he does manage to secure the wheels, that chassis is in no condition to race like the chewed-up pen of your co-worker that's always eyeing yours, so you take it with you to the bathroom. If you could only hear the bluster of obscenities pouring out of this little man, whatever amount of dignity Darren McMitchell arrived with has quickly exited the room in dramatic fashion. A violent end-over-end -end crash over the guardrail, slinging debris into the grandstand. Instead of tires and bodywork, it's four-letter words and harsh personal inadequacies. If somebody doesn't de-escalate this situation quickly, we may very well once again bear witness to an awkward dad punch, where the body appears to exert more energy before the actual throwing of the fist. Let's hope it doesn't come to that. And here come the tears. It is quite clear this room has grown uncomfortable. It seems as though Mr. McMitchell is progressing through the different stages of grief before our very eyes. This... This is a dark day for Pine Car. And yep, yep, there you have it, right on cue. Event organizers and Derby Chairman Rick Burnett are making their way over to Mr. McMitchell, who is thankfully taking several deep breaths and a cigarette. Still, this does not bode well for the fraught and desperate father. I'm now hearing that uh, event organizers have issued Darren a half-second penalty for his conduct, which will be added to his final race time. Uh, the ill-fated team has also been told that they have five minutes to present their car to the grid. I hate to say it, folks, but at this point, that seems like a tall order. It appears Darren McMitchell's race may be over before it even begins. And in the middle lane, your top qualifier running in today's final and our returning 2016 champion, Jim Hassel and his stepson, Carl Larson whose relationship, I'm being told, has made promising strides since their come-from-behind win last year, as Carl was witnessed sitting in the front seat with Jim as they arrived at today's event. Although it should be noted that Carl did have in his earbuds, so there was likely no conversation or even a sense of warmth in that car. So good on them. They are having fun. 
Nine-year-old scout Carl Larson, as many of you may already know, has not been making life easy for his stepdad at all. One has to assume that these Pinecar victories are naive attempts on Jim's behalf to win the affection of his stepson. Which seems to be hit or miss and more contingent on the inclusion of fast food and drones. But you can't knock Jim for his inexperience and ineptability to keep up with the times, given his lazy keepsake notions regarding father and son bonding, which were instilled in him by his own father like a thousand years ago. Still, it's nice to see Carl lovingly acknowledge his mother's new husband by taking him for a dollar which was meant for the soda machine outside. The one that clearly hasn't been stocked in decades and still displays a smudgy button for slice. That is slice red, the most nondescript misleading flavor ever. The vending machine that also serves as an involuntary tithe to fund the Culver Run Presbyterian Church youth group's trip to Destin as part of their 2018 We All Wear Yellow Shirt Summer Ministry, offered up and paid entirely by thirsty, unsuspecting migrant workers here to mow the church's lawn. And what a car Mr. Hassel has designed this year, quite the eye-catching paint scheme, sleek and streamlined and without a speck of subtlety. What with the number one dad decals and the phrase, I love you, Carl, written across the body. That guy is trying hard. In lane four, we have a man that's no stranger to Pinecar in competition, the intense and menacing Craig Sharkey and his son Samuel. I'm sorry, Isaiah. Samuel is, of course, Craig's oldest boy, who sadly has advanced beyond the rank of Tumbleweed Scout and graduated to Neighborhood Vandal. And if I'm not mistaken, correct me if you're listening, it was Samuel and several burnouts from the apartment complex behind the gas station, behind the megastore, that hit the wall of the old chapel pretty good this past summer. I haven't seen the photos myself, but I understand that the figures were, well, as one Culver Run deacon, who will remain nameless, put it while snickering, were extremely well endowed. And for those of you out there that are wondering, because I know we're going to get this question on social media, it's my understanding that the two boys depicted in the graffiti were both smiling and sharing a pasta dish from the same bowl, so it appears the act was consensual. But to stay on point, Craig is once again joined trackside by his personal consultant and renowned pine car engineer, the Italian maestro Sergio Bonchi. Now, of course, the rules and regulations this year have been very clear about fathers and sons receiving outside help, so the Sharkies have gone through all the courts and have legally adopted the 40-year-old legendary woodcar builder. He's been issued a new birth certificate, as well as a room across the hall from Isaiah, one with race car sheets. How about that? And if I'm not mistaken, he has also been given unprecedented rights to the last cookie in the snack drawer. In addition to that remaining layer of chips in the bag, that wreckage at the bottom with the overly seasoned crumbs and dust packed in the corners, which always seems like a better idea than it actually is. Just straighten out the bag, tilt your head back, and hope nobody judges you, because they will. What's more, the Sharky family gave Bonky his own Christmas ornament, which is nice. You like to hear that. But it's not without merit. Bonky has brought with him not only a discourteous slew of late-night cooking habits, which includes a constant failure to remember the sink doesn't have a garbage disposal, 
but also a calculated and methodical training regimen. This has included months of off-season testing in addition to participating in other wood car racing series. In fact, the Sharkies spent the winter months cross-training, if you can believe that. And not just with other sports, but with other religious affiliations, like the Temple Beth Jacobs Dreidel Demolition Derby, a clash of specifically designed combat dreidels that basically smash each other to bits in a small arena shaped like the Star of David. Trust me, you do not want to find yourself pinned in one of the points. It's basically game over. And I asked Craig, what, you know, what is it? Because we've been hearing this sort of thing from other pine car participants on a pretty consistent basis and never. What is it about competing in alternative sports that you find gives you an edge over your competition? He looked at me and said with that icy expression of his, we like blood. <laughs> the shoots on that guy, I thought. And for those of you that are new to Pinecar and unfamiliar with the Sharkies and find a response like that intimidating, like most would, it should be noted that even with the help of Sergio Bonchi, they've never actually finished better than the middle of the pack. I mean, if they've proven anything, it's that they excel in mediocrity, which sadly used to mean something in this country. Nowadays, it's all about brand and breaking records. How many followers do you have? Two. One's a little stalkery, and the other leaves prepackaged sausages in my mailbox, which I find sweet. Still, I'm excited to see what the Sharkies are able to accomplish here today. And finally, in lane five, we have uh, what appears to be a new face to the Tumbleweed Scouts, Mr. Dale Chubby and his son. Um. His, well, this is a bit embarrassing. It, uh, it doesn't appear I have that information in front of me. In fact, I haven't even seen Mr. Chubby with a scout, which isn't strange. Uh, most of them are still outside playing pretend food delivery. Half of them are ordering and the other half are delivering. Appears to be a pretty divided generation. Unfortunately, I didn't have an opportunity to speak with Dale before the race, but our researchers and the guys up in the booth, which I fashioned together with paper plate faces and stained corduroy couch cushions before naming Pete and Skip, have supplied me with a little cheat sheet. Says here he's a Sagittarius with a bad case of wanderlust, and that he's shy at first, but if you get to know him, you'll find he's a fun time. He spends a lot of time thinking about either his next trip or his next meal. There's also a list of shows here that he apparently binge watches, of which a surprising number belong to the CW. Okay, I see. Well, clearly this is an online dating profile, and apparently for Dale's 24-year-old catfish persona, Tia. Yeah, okay, I see. Yep, yeah, the pictures here at the bottom are a dead giveaway. I, I guess this is supposed to be Tia. <laughs> Why and how I have this in printed form, I do not know. Here's a picture of her with a sedated tiger, so you know she's got a compassionate side. There's also a photo of her at Machu Picchu, which you never see. Additionally, there's this jarring photo of her posing for the camera in a poorly lit restaurant with her face, like, right up against the extreme edge of the frame, so you know for certain you're the first man in her life. Not sure how the hell Dale got in here. Kind of a weirdo. Uh, like the guy that requests lumps in his gravy. All the same, we wish him the best of luck. 
Well, folks, the Derby chairman is signaling that we are ready to go racing. And would you look at that? I don't believe my eyes. Darren McMitchell has somehow managed to MacGyver his car back together using chewed up Nicorette and the pen from Michael's badge for learning to let go. That is a heartwarming sight. The scene is electric, folks. The cars are on the grid and we are ready to go green here at the 2017 Tumbleweed Scouts annual Thanksgiving Day Pine Car Derby. And they're off. The stepson car is out to an early lead, but here comes the Italian Sharks, followed by the Hippies, with the McMitchell car somehow sliding down the track on its side. The top three are neck to neck, but the car version of that. And gaining on the outside, it's the Lone Creeper. Here comes the line. And it's Chubby, the Lone Creeper. Dale Chubby wins the 2017 Tumbleweed Scouts annual Thanksgiving. Oh my God, the McMitchell car is on fire. The McMitchell car has just burst into flames for the second year in a row. I don't believe it. Wow. Woo. Have you ever seen a more exciting race? Remember this day, folks. Remember where you were and what you were doing. This will surely go down in history books as one of those races like all the others. And there's your victor, Dale Chubby, though many of you know him as Tia. What a smile. Look at that victory dance. He is having fun. It looks like he's trying to wrangle all the scouts to lift him up on their shoulders. And, oh, it looks like they're going to give it a shot. Oh, no, no, they're not. The, the dads put a stop to that very, very quickly. All the same, it was a truly thrilling day of racing. 30 exhilarating seconds of these scouts' lives that will remain unrivaled forever. Or until, I don't know, what, 16, 17? unless they continue with the scouts, in which case it will be much earlier. But they'll call it experimenting until they're 40 or until they simply can't stand her face any longer. Yeah, Sharon, we got mold. What do you want me to do about it? We are having fun. Well, that about wraps up things here. We hope to see you next year. From the Culver Run Presbyterian Church, this is Mick Sully signing off and hoping you have a happy Thanksgiving. So long, folks. This has been a production of Thaddeus Ellenberg's Casual Friday. Written and read by Thaddeus Ellenberg. With an introduction by Nicole Kalasich. And artwork by Adrian Lobel. This series is independently produced by Thaddeus Ellenberg and Will Scovel. To find more episodes and information, visit our website at casualfridaypodcast.org or email us at contact.casualfriday at gmail.com.